welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Um, like Rebecca said, this week is hearing God's voice. So I don't know where you're at with that. Whether you're really confident and you can hear well, or whether you're thinking, oh, I don't even know if God speaks to me personally or not. Um, I can guarantee that by the end of the week, you'll be more confident than what you are already. Um, I don't think I've ever taught this, where at the end of the end of the, like the time that I've taught this, someone said, "I really still can't hear God." There's there's been people where where they've thought, "Well, is it God? Is it not?" And then they've said what they felt God say, and it's like, "Well, of course that's God. It sounds like really like God." So, so I can guarantee that, that you will hear God if you don't already. So, so how, how are you at hearing God at the moment, do you think? I didn't hear that. Okay, so hopefully then by the end of the week you'll both be feeling a lot more confident that, you know, yes, I heard God. Or, um, so in John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And, and so it is a given that we get to hear him. Like if we're his sheep, then we, we can hear him. It's not a... It's not for those that are in ministry, it's not for the pastor, it's not for, you know, it, it's everyone. If you're a sheep, then, then you have it within you to be able to hear his voice. And so that's how I know for sure that, you know, everyone has the capacity um, to hear him. So I was, um, I was brought up as a, in the Pentecostal church um, and there, was, there were people who did prophetic words from the front, you know, um, and because it was quite a traditional Pentecostal church, it, fortunately it's, it's changed now, it's a great church and it's always been great, but it was a very traditional. So you'd get the odd one of two, they'd go up to the front and they'd be like, thus saith God, that, you know, and, and they change the way they speak into like this real Christian sort of way of speaking. And then they give this amazing word and everybody would, you know, be going, hmm, hmm, yes, yes, amen, brother, or whatever. Um, and then they'd sit down and, and that, that's the sort of like hearing God that I kind of grew up with. And so I knew that there were one or two that could hear him really, really well. And they were called the prophetic people of the church. The rest of us um, 
didn't really necessarily get to hear him unless potentially there was a crisis and, and you had to hear him, you know, like something going on, you needed a decision or, or there was a crisis in your life um, and you, you, you'd like, okay, God, I need to hear you, I need to hear you and then um, something would happen and you'd, you'd know that God was speaking to you. What I hadn't realised was that actually life with God is relationship and he wants to talk to us all the time every day sometimes about just incidental stuff that may not mean anything to anyone else but but he's interested in our every every little detail of our life so he wants to talk to us about every little detail because he's, he's a friend he's a father as a <laughs> as a teenager i remember um the the youth pastor saying to us one day, do you know, you should spend an hour a day in prayer. That, you know, that would, that's a good thing to do. And it is a good thing to do, I guess. But I was like really keen to do everything right. And, and I wanted to get it right. So, so I'm like, right, okay, um, I'll spend an hour in prayer. And, and what he, he said was, right, how you do that is you split your prayer into four categories. He said, you start with, you know, praying for yourself, um, praying for your family, then go on to praying for your country and your community, and then pray for the world, you see. So I'm like, oh, that's a really good idea. That's a quarter of an hour on, on each. I can do that. Well, so I thought, so I, I wrote my list, and I wrote down everything that I wanted to pray about for myself. And, and, and so I had this like amazing list and I thought, this is gonna take forever to get through this list. So I started praying, communicating with God as I thought. Um, and I prayed my heart out for every category, thinking I must have done about an hour by now. I must have. And when I looked at my clock, I'd only done about 10 minutes. You know, and, and it used to puzzle me like how how is it possible to pray for a whole hour? Like, I could never figure out how, how you could do that. I'm not a woman of many words. Like, I, I say it, and then if I've said what I've said, I've, I'm done, and, and I don't carry on waffling. So, so I had this, like, dilemma then. How I really wanted to do what the pastor was saying we should do, but I couldn't do it because I just didn't have... I don't know if you've ever tried that, you know, tried doing something, and you think, how... Is that possible? But since then, I've discovered that actually God wants relationship. And so if I'm in a conversation with someone, it's not about me just talking at them for the whole hour. It's me asking a question, they're receiving an answer, and then listening to see if he's got a question, and then I can answer the question. And it becomes a conversation. And I discovered that actually, praying for an hour it's gone behind the chair do you want to go and get it do you need it <laughs> chewing gum's essential yeah okay <laughs> so praying for an hour is not a problem now because it's basically having a conversation with my dad god you know like and and he he likes to talk to me i like to talk to him
another experience, I, I, I don't know whether to share this or not, but I will. Um, when I said like I thought that God would only speak to us in, in a crisis, there was a crisis that I, I came across when I was um, 11. Um, and it was when the, the doctors, because I've got a disability, as you probably figured out by now, um, the doctors were suggested that I had um, the leg, part of my leg amputated because it was deformed. And uh, I mean, I had it done eventually, but my parents gave me the decision to have it done and I was 11 and I had to decide, do I have this done or not? Do I carry on walking on the deformed leg or do I have it amputated? And it was a crisis for me that because I, I was like, really, really scared of getting it wrong. I was really like frightened of what the consequences both ways were. Should I have it done? Shouldn't I have it done? Um, what if I make the wrong decision? And I remember lying on my bed and just saying to God, I'm really scared. And I was crying and I'm like, I don't know what to do, God. What should I do? When I felt his presence so strongly come over me, it was like a wave of peace. And then a song came into my head. And I knew, somehow I knew, that he had planted that song in my head. And it was a song that says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow and all fear is gone. And as I heard that song in my head, the fear just disappeared and I knew that I could make that decision then without being afraid and, um, and just make it rationally without being all emotional. So I made, the, I mean, I had made the decision to have it done. So I knew God could speak. I just didn't realise that he wanted to speak to me regularly, every day. So, hearing God's voice then. got your Bibles. On your phone. If you could turn to or look up Habakkuk chapter 2. Uh, Habakkuk? I don't know the German for it. Do you know the German for Habakkuk? Is it Habakkuk? Okay, okay, great. <laughs> so my, my relationship with God was completely turned around when my brother went on school of ministry and came back and was talking about um, journaling with God, sitting down and having this conversation that I've just been talking about. And I remember thinking, what do you mean, have a conversation with God? He says, yeah, you, you get your book and you, you, you ask him a question and then, and then you just write down what he says and, and it's really great. I'm like, can it be so simple? Like, he says, yeah, you just write down the first thing in your head. Um, and what had happened was he'd listened to a guy called Mark Verkler who had done a, a course at, at his school on this subject. And, 
and his course is called Communion with God. And, re and my brother had discovered that it's really easy and, and so he sat down with me and he went through what I'm just about to say to you and showed me how easy it is to hear God's voice. And from that time on, my prayer life like radically changed. Like I said, once I discovered that it was a conversation, I just could have conversations with God really easily. So Mark Verkler, he based all his teachings on this, these two verses in Habakkuk. So would you like to read out verses one and two? Someone, chap oh, sorry, chapter two. One and two, please. So Mark Verkler tells um, how he struggled to hear God's voice and then suddenly one day God gave him this scripture and it became really clear to him how it works. So, so Habakkuk is saying like, um, I, will, I will stand, what was it, I'll read it again, the first bit. I will stand at my watch and station myself. Okay, so he's saying there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find somewhere where I'm going to look and see what God's saying. So, so um, out of that, he said the key, first key to hearing God well is actually l listening, <laughs> finding a place where you can actually listen to what God is saying. And Rebecca's going to um, talk about that in more detail at some point um, during the course. There. This afternoon, yeah. Um, so, so you know, how do we quieten ourselves down so that we're we're in a position where we're we're not all cluttered with everything else that's going on in our heads, and we can just listen to what God's saying. So we're finding a quiet place, and then um, the next bit he says, "I will look to see what He will say to me." I'm going to look at that um, in a minute. Um, just like fixing your eyes on God, fixing your eyes on Jesus, and focusing on on you know hearing what he's saying um and then and then basically then god just speaks to him ran, you know randomly or spontaneously so that's point number three and then god says to him write it down um what you hear um we highly recommend writing down um what you feel god's saying so we we recommend you get yourself a journal or you find yourself a file on your ipad or your, your tablet where you record what God says to you. And I'll talk a little bit more about that um, later. So are you with me so far? I've not bored you yet. No? So the four keys then. Find a quiet place. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Recognize God's voice as spontaneous flow of thoughts and write down what you hear. And they're the four keys that, that Mark um, taught at the School of Ministry. And they're the keys that we want to teach you today.
And they're just helpful things to help us in our journey in, in hearing God's voice. So let me go on to the fixing your eyes on Jesus. If you do you drive at all? You drive, do you drive, you both drive, okay. So if you're going somewhere, um, where, where do you need to look? If you're driving? It's not a trick question. Forward, yeah, okay. So, so if you're driving, you need to be watching the road in front of you, don't you? Because if, if you're, I mean, texting, which is against the law in this country, presumably in Germany too, but if you're texting, you're not actually looking and focusing on where you're going and you're likely to end up crashing into something. Um, so, so the idea is that when, you know, if, we, if, we want, if we're building up a relationship with God, if we're building up the, our ability to hear him, we want to focus on him and, and not on everything else that's, that's going on around us, if that makes sense. So we're fixing our eyes on him. See, what you fix your minds on will dominate you, right? So, so if you are focused on something, that will become something that you will like, begin to control what you think, what you do, how you, you respond to things. Um, for example, um, last year, our fridge broke down. Um, we had to get a new fridge and it is a really crazy story because it took uh, two weeks for us to get a new fridge because um, our landlord first of all sent for the wrong fridge so when it arrived it was like that big it was one that you have in a, like a caravan or something so um, then I had to contact him um, and get him to then order the right size fridge. Um, then he did that and they came and they took that away, but then they didn't come with the other fridge um, because apparently the van had broken down. Um, so they said, well, we'll come tomorrow. So I waited in or the next day and um, they didn't turn up then. Um, uh, there was a miscommunication and then, and then they came with the new fridge, which was the right size, but was broken. So then I had to contact the landlord again. And then, and, oh, it was, it was literally two weeks before eventually the right fridge, the right size that was working arrived. And it was ridiculous because it was just a fridge. But in that two weeks, my thoughts were so much on the fridge, it was crazy. I kept 
thinking about the fridge because as well of, of course we, we had to keep the food cool that was out so I was taking ice packs and putting them in the bag and and then when they fin defrosted switching the ice packs around and um, for two weeks I was dominated by a fridge my thoughts were dominated by a fridge it was just ridiculous and so what what you're focusing on will dominate you and so my my um, suggestion and, and what I want to just teach now is let's have a lifestyle where we're focusing on God and focusing on Jesus and, and especially when we come to wanting to you know hear what he's saying have a conversation with him how do we focus on him how do we we put him at number one in our life because if he's not number one then what we hear will be filtered through what we're thinking about so so if if well let me tell you a story okay and you can look this up for yourself it's in numbers chapter 22 through to chapter 24 so it's the story of a guy called Balaam right you might have heard of it Balaam's donkey but there's there's a guy uh, the king right of ba uh, King Balak wanted to curse the people of Israel because they were a growing nation and he saw them as a threat so he decided that he would get a, a seer a prophet and get the prophet to curse Israel and then they would like deplete and become less of a threat to this king Balak so Balak sends a message to Balaam and, and the message is come and curse Israel so so Balaam says well I need to just check with God like I need to ask God first so he goes to God and, and he says you know God should I go with these people and, and curse Israel and the answer was no don't go right so God said to Balaam no and actually that should have been the end of the story but then what happened when the messengers went back to Balak the king and they said no Balaam has said no the king then decided well we'll try again but this time we'll send some really high up people in the kingdom so we'll send some nobles and I'll send a massive reward so I, I'll give him a really big um, reward for for doing what I ask him to do so the messengers go back to Balaam and say right King Balak um, really really wants you to come and do this for us will you come um, and if you do we will give you all of this and it was it was it says a handsome reward so a big like reward now Balaam is now focused on the reward right so he's focusing on the reward and he goes back to God and he asks God the same question he already knows the answer but he asks him again but he's now asking him with the filter of this possible fantastic reward so he asks God and he says should I go with them um, and the answer comes back yes 
So he hears yes now. So he sets off, he gets his donkey and he sets off and he, he starts on the journey. And the donkey starts to play up. It starts, you know, stopping and, and he's like hitting the donkey and the donkey would go a little bit further and stop again. And, and he was really getting angry with this donkey. Um, and at one point he's going past this like narrow bit and, and the donkey stops and squishes his leg against the wall. At which point Balaam just starts beating the donkey like he's really angry because he wants to go forward and the donkey stops. And at that point, God opened the mouth of the donkey and the donkey says, what are you beating me for? I'm trying to save your life here. Can you not see the angel right in front of me? And basically, God had sent an angel to stop Balaam from going to, to curse Israel. And this story used to puzzle me for quite a while because first of all, God says yes, then he says no, and then he sends an angel to kill him to stop him. And you think, what, what, why did God keep changing his mind? But actually what I believe happened was it wasn't God that changed his mind. It was Balaam's ability to hear God that changed. And it, and it was because he wasn't focusing on God anymore. He was focusing on the reward. And, and so he heard the yes, go, when actually he was more interested in the reward than actually what God had said, because God had already said no. And God, in his kindness, sent an angel to stop him on his way and then opened up the mouth of a donkey um, to speak and, and explain to him. I mean, it's, it's, a long, it's a long story, so, you know, go ahead and read it um, for yourselves. But when, when we're not focusing, when we're focusing on stuff, or we... Are you all right? Yeah, okay. When we're focusing on stuff, oh, that becomes too big in our minds. That can actually hinder us when we're hearing God and when we're listening to his voice. It can get in the way. Even, you know, like, even busyness can get in the way. You know the story of Mary and Martha? You know, Ma Mary sat and just focused on Jesus. Her attention was on him. Martha's attention was on, on cooking the meal. You know, she wasn't focusing on, on Jesus. And Jesus actually said to Mary when, uh, to Martha when, when she was complaining about Mary, he said, Mary has chosen the better thing. She's actually chosen to, to focus, she's chosen to enjoy my presence, she's chosen to listen to what I'm saying. And you're just like running round Martha, so busy, so caught up with the worries of the world, when, when the better thing is to just take time and enjoy listening to me and focusing on me instead of stuff. So we want, we want to, we want to remove the stuff from the focus and we want to place Jesus in our, in our, in our minds. I 
And that's what repentance is, actually. In many ways, it's repentance is changing the way we think, focusing on, on you know, changing what we're focusing on. Um, the New Testament word for, for repentance is metanoia, which literally means to think differently. So, so if, you know, like, like Balaam, for example, if he was focusing on the, the things that he wanted, what he should have done in that moment was change his focus and laid that to the side and focused on God. And he would then, I'm pretty sure, have heard God reply, yeah, no. So let's, let's listen for a minute to what God's saying. What I want you to do, and maybe get ready to write it down or type it so that you've got a record of it. But we're going to just ask God a question. So get ready. <laughs> Let's just ask Him, or I want you to ask Him, Father, how much do you love me? Right? Ask Him that question, and then once you've asked that question, I want you to just spend a few minutes just listening and whatever thoughts come into your head or whatever pictures come into your head, I want you to write them down or type them up Um, and, and we'll just see what he has to say. Yep, that's really good, well done. So then it's find that place of rest or that quiet place. Um, focusing on God, recognising that, that God's voice is, is just a simple flow of thoughts and pictures. And Phil's going to go into more detail about just the different ways that God speaks to us, because it's, it's endless, really. You know, like, he's God, he has the ability to speak in so many ways. Um, and, then, and then writing it down. That, um, the, the, when God speaks to us, um, it can just so bring life. And like that ruach that you were talking about. Um, and often the, the Bible talks about the rhema word of God. Um, so you've got the logos and the rhema. And in simple terms, um, the logos is, kind of, is the Bible, it's, it's the written word of God. And then the rhema, word that um, that that's his now word that is what is he saying to my heart now today what is he saying to us as a group of people now today um and when you know in romans chapter 10 verse 17 um paul says faith comes by hearing the word of god um and and the word there for word is is rhema so paul is saying faith comes when you hear what God is saying to us today. So this whole, what we've just done now, you know, he just, he basically told, told you both to sort of like, just receive and stop trying to think, is, you know, like from what you just replied back um, to me. 
that will that builds your faith. And I, I remember um, it's a while ago now, back in two thousand and five. Um, my mum, she had a rhema word from God, and the rhema word from God was that that um, her ability to host people and pastor people was going to increase and so she was going to do this an awful lot more she's going to you know lead people and, and pastor them so that was the rhema word that she got a couple of months after receiving that rhema word she she was diagnosed with a brain tumor in the back of her head and it was pretty serious um on they, they did the scan and then they said, we're going to wait for six weeks um, and rescan because of the location. We don't just want to go in and take it out. We want to know what we're doing for sure first. So we're going to scan again in six weeks um, and, and we, then we'll come up with a treatment plan. So mum had this tumour and, and it, it was like, naturally speaking, was possibly going to make her either very, very sick or even kill her. But she just had this rhema word that said she was going to increase in, in being a pastor. It, you know, all the work in the kingdom was going to increase. So, logically, the two clashed. You're like, you, you, can't, you can't get sick and increase in pastoral work. So what we did as a family was we took that rhema word, we wrote it out, and we began to just speak it over her every day and just remind her and, and ourselves that God had said she was going to increase in the pastoral work. And um, to cut a long story shorter, um, when she had this, because we obviously we were praying as well that the tumour would disappear, um, when she had the scan, after six weeks, the tumour had disappeared. It had gone. And she was sat in front of the consultant and the doctor, and he's saying, oh, Mrs. Bate, this does not happen. And she's like, well, it did. And I'll tell you why, because my friends and my family were praying, and Jesus healed me. So she got to share um, with the consultant. But what, what, what happened was, it was that rhema word that built our faith. And, and I know, you know, especially for me, I had the faith to pray that that thing was going to disappear because I knew that God had already spoken. Does that make sense? So, so faith, that rhema word, we need to hear what is he saying? What, what is his heart for us? What, what is he saying today? Because, because when he speaks, our faith rises. When he speaks, our confidence rises and, and we, the more we hear from him, the more we realise who he is and who we are in him. You know that, like he just said to you before Timon, that, that, that love is just, his love is so big and so amazing that it's not going to be possible for you to figure it all out. But he wants you just to receive that. Do you know what I mean? And, and as, as that rhema word happens in your life and as you take on that what he's saying things are going to change does that make sense
So when, we hear, when we're hearing rhema words from God, um, especially if they, um, if we feel like they're directional or whatever, um, because we, we are a community, the idea of church is meant to be family, it's meant to be, you know, we're not meant to be on our own, we're not meant to be islands. Um, it's really good to, to share with people what God's saying to you. Um, Ephesians 5 verse 21 says, submit to one another. So in other words, be willing to, to share with each other what's happening, where we're going. I mean, obviously, you, you don't have to share with everyone, but just find people that you know and that you trust and that you know can hear God from themselves. Someone that you know knows the Bible and they're not going to send you off on some random tangent, but, but someone that you can sit down and say, this is what I feel God is saying to me, what do you think? And they can, you know, give feedback and, and support you. Um, because we're meant to be, like I say, we're meant to be in, in family and we're meant to have that support network for us. And we're not meant to do things on our own. And I, I like I, when I first started doing this whole like hearing God and, and, and journaling and, and listening to him, um, when Mark Verkler said, oh, you need to find someone who you can, you know, share with and submit to, I was like looking, I looked in my church and I thought, I'm not sure there is anyone because I don't know where they're at in terms of hearing God. Um, and I wasn't sure, so I said to God, could you provide someone for me? I, I, this is before I moved to Kingsway, so I was in another church. I said to him, can, can you provide someone for me? I, I need someone who I can trust and someone who I know hears you. And I was in a service one day and um, this woman came up to me and she says, um, I've got a bouquet of flowers for you um, in the car. I'll just get them in a minute. She said, but um, they're from God because I was praying for you the other day and God said, go buy Paula Jane some flowers. So she did. And I thought to myself, ah, if she's praying for me, so that's a good sign. She can hear God because God gave her, you know, an instruction to buy me some flowers. And she loves me enough to actually go out and do that. Um, so I asked her, I said to her, look, I'm looking for a friend who, um, who I can share what God's saying to me with, um, someone that I can trust. She, she was, uh, you know, older than me at the time. And it was really helpful for me as a young adult to have her there. And she agreed to meet me every month and we'd sit down and we'd chat and um, if I had you know some stuff that I felt God had said to me I shared it with her and we prayed together and um, in many ways she's largely responsible for me going to, to the school of ministry in Toronto because she encouraged me she um, really helped me so so I would advise you guys to find someone who you can share share your thoughts with um, someone that you you know can co-submit I don't mean have someone like push you down and be under their thumb I'm not talking about that um, but someone that you can trust that you can share life with um, because it's really helpful because we all need encouraging from time to time and 
and a little guidance from time to time. And so, especially in the area of hearing God and, and the prophetic, it's good to be accountable to one another and submit um, to one another. So what are the four keys? Just the different ways that God speaks spontaneously to us. So the writing down thing, um, I would ad really advise um, you you get yourself a book, um, or like I say, a file on you if you don't do writing. Um, that is is just your record of what God says. Um, and date, date it. And what the, the beauty of doing that is you then you can look back and see your journey of all the different things and the path that you know God has been walking with you um, on. Um, I remember one time um, asking God a question and instead of giving me the answer, he gave me a date and says, go look in your journal for this date and it was a, a couple of years prior so I hunted out the journal and I looked it up and, and there it was and actually I'd asked him the question before already and he'd already given me the answer but I'd forgotten it because life had just got in the way you know, like um, and so so I was like oh yeah you've already spoken to me about that so I rewrote it in my journal and, and but it it's good to have a record so that you can remember what God is saying to you and it shows how far you grow you know like in, in you can see you where you've come from and where you're going to so when 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 you're hearing from god write it down as he's saying it to you it you know like so if he says in the first person so he's saying you know timon um, I love you and I, I want you to, you know, receive my love and or whatever. Write it down as he's saying it. Um, and what I do in my journal, which you don't have to do, but I, I star when God is speaking. And the questions I write, I just write normal. Um, I know another friend who writes it in different colour pen. So her questions will be in one colour. Um, the answer will be in another. So that when you're looking through, you can see, oh, this is what I said to God and this is what God said to me. Um, and it, it just gives a bit of creativity to it as well. Um, and you don't have to just use words, right? If you, you know, I have other friends who like to draw or paint or, um, I don't know, stick things. I had another friend, I mean, I, I really don't like doing this sort of thing, but. Um, she used to get magazines and 
and look through magazines and say, God, what are you saying to me? And, and she'd find a picture in a magazine and somehow she'd hear God through the picture and she'd cut the picture out and she'd glue it and stick it in a journal. That's not how God speaks to me. But if he speaks to you that way, go ahead and do it. Just find, just find your way and do your way. But make a record of it because it, I, it's just a really good thing to do. Have you got any thoughts, questions, or contradictions? Not yet, no? Okay. Okay, and then just one more thing that I want to say before I finish. Is when God speaks to us, he will speak to us from his character, right? So, I mean, you've talked about him being father already, right? He is a God of love. He is a father of love. And so when he speaks, he will speak to us from that character. So, for example, if you hear something that isn't from his character, so you hear something that that is accusing you or thoughts of condemnation. So, you know, you've done something and then you, you get all these flood of condemnation. You know, that was a dreadful thing. I'm a sinner, I'm, you know, this is really bad. Actually, that isn't coming from his heart because that's not what he is, right? Guess who is the person who does the accusing? Pardon? Yeah. Do you know one of his names is Satan? And, and that literally means accuser. Right? So if you get thoughts that are accusing, you have permission to ignore them. Because he, it's not coming from God. Does that make sense? So, so, you know, when, when God speaks to us, he edifies us. It says in Isaiah 61. Um, he, 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 it says in John 16, verse 8, that he convicts us of sin and righteousness. So, so when God speaks to us, he reminds us of who we are. He doesn't plant thoughts of condemnation. He doesn't point the finger. He, he will remind you of who you are. And, and as you remember who you are, your attitude and life might will change in accordance with that. John 15 verse 26 says that the Holy Spirit is a comforter. He's a creator, he's a healer, he's a giver of life. So when he speaks, it's going to bring life to us. It's going to bring healing to our hearts. It's going to bring comfort when we need, when we need someone to comfort us. It's going to bring us strength. It's going to remind us of who we are. And if it doesn't do that, then we ignore it. We say, right, that thought isn't coming from God. God, what are you really saying? Does that make sense? So, so whenever he speaks, he will speak in love because that's who he is and that's his character.
and I'm going to end on that, I think. Any thoughts on that? Have you, have you ever had experiences of either one of those? Have you had experiences where perhaps you thought God's saying something, but now you realise, oh no, it couldn't have been him who said it? Take out your, your book again and let's ask God another question. Okay, ask him this question then. God, what do you think of me? Or how do you see me? What do you think of me? How? Yep. So just on that, um, focusing on Jesus, focusing on God, um, I just thought I'd clarify something real quick before we do the final exercise that I'm going to do. Um, I'm not saying that other stuff is wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong to have things in your life and enjoy things. Um, what I am saying is have Jesus first. But other stuff is, is okay. Like I personally believe it's okay to watch TV. You know, it's okay to have fun. It's okay to enjoy life, you know, like, and, and do things. Um, but, but just have your lifestyle um, and, and everything that you do, have, have, your, have it just focusing on God and, and have him first so that it becomes a lifestyle of hearing his voice and listening to what he's saying. Does that make sense? I, I, I just wanted to clarify that because I didn't want you to think that I was saying it's wrong to have other things in your life because it's it's not. Um, I just want to encourage us to have our main focus to be on God, especially when we're sitting down to hear what He's got to say. Is that is that right? Um, and so that just before we go, we finish for lunch. Just want to do one more exercise, which will require a Bible. And then I want you to choose a psalm. So you might go for a well-known one like Psalm 23 or 91 or Psalm 1 or 37 or you know, like pick a psalm. And then we're going to ask God, as you read that psalm, I want you to ask God to speak to you through that psalm. So you're going to be asking him to take his written word, the Logos, and, and bring it to a rhema word and bring it to a word of life um, to you. What is he saying to you? And then I want you to write down what you feel he is saying personally to you through the song. Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.au.